Hey, Roma. What's up? You hear about games? Games? <laughs> Introducing the king of them. <gasps> the king of games! And anyone who's late for registration will be disqualified. Mokuba, make sure Wheeler's late. <laughs> this isn't exactly brain surgery here, folks. It's pretty obvious that only one of the two Yugi twins inherited the dueling skill, so why even watch? Looks like his little secret is out. Yugi can't duel his way out of a paper bag. It's time to duel! Welcome to the Hyperfixation, where my friends tell me about things that excite them for 30 to 45 minutes so I can acquire an approximate knowledge of many things. My name is Roma, and I use the they and them pronouns, and I am joined today by Audrey. Hi, I'm Audrey, and I use she, they pronouns. Hell yeah, hell yeah. First of all, hello, Audrey. Thank you for coming to my show. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited. I know this is the first time we've met, but already you're one of my favorite people in my life so thank you <laughs> uh, we've i mean we've talked yeah <laughs> but i see here that you have been doing uh lots of things in your life especially in the podcasting department what are some of the other shows that you do so i have two other regularly broadcasting podcasts first one is called pot of greed you won't believe what it's about um <laughs> it's about Yu-Gi-Oh! surprise Woo! um because i only <laughs> i only podcast about my hyperfixations. um absolutely and uh the other one is called prime cuts and it's about transformers Ooh. and you can find both of those on the noise space network um i've also been cast in an upcoming pilot of uh an audio drama that I'm really excited mm -hmm. about that I can't speak more about right now, but is like a very exciting project for me to be a part of. And oh yeah, oh yeah. I also have a podcast coming out with a friend on Moonshot. Um, we <gasps> haven't shot the moon yet, but it's it's coming. It's coming. One of us. One <laughs> of us. <laughs> um, hell yeah, this I'm so excited. Ah. Um, so. I hear that, uh, you know, we, we've got Pot of Greed on the list, and this very much relates to our current topic today. Yes. Um, so, Yu-Gi-Oh! <laughs> it's Yu-Gi-Oh! How did you get into it? So, I was diagnosed with ADD at age 11, which is funny for a number of reasons, because one, it explained a lot about me, and two, I was already three years deep into my first hyperfixation, <laughs> which was Yu-Gi-Oh! Um, Yu-Gi-Oh! has been a hyperfixation for me for 23 years. 23 American hey. years. Um, oh. I, was, I was eight years old, um, and, and it was on airing on, you know, WB, this was 99, um, mm. oh, sorry, it was 2000, and I... Well, okay, so what really happened? So Yu-Gi-Oh is a hyperfixation, but it's really mm -hmm. a specific character in it who 
I will probably talk about a little bit. I'll try to like yeah. avoid focusing too much on him. But basically <laughs> what happened was I imprinted on the character of Rio Bakura, like Jacob does to Renesmee in Twilight. Um, oh my God. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I can't, I, I can't tell you. I saw this. He is the prototypical white haired anime boy. It's like him and Kaoru Nagisa. Like they were, they were the blueprint. And I don't know what it was about him, but I saw this kid. And it like rewired my prepubescent brain chemistry. Um, mm-hmm. So anyway, <laughs> I got really into Yu-Gi-Oh! Because I was obsessed with seeing this character who very ironically basically doesn't appear in the anime. <laughs> he shows up oh, a lot more but... in the manga. <laughs> yeah, that is something that uh, I recently discovered about the differences between the, the anime and the manga. But we can we could touch on that more. Yeah. If we, uh... And yeah, that was it. Like, that's the puppet master that cursed my dick. And now I'm here 23 years <laughs> later and like nothing else has changed. So you you go from uh, 20, 22 to 23 years ago, you discovered you have ADD and already balls deep into a Yu-Gi-Oh hyperfixation, which promptly led you down the pipeline to having a podcast about it. Yeah, well, I mean, promptly two decades later, sure. But... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was a fast track. Right. Did you actually play the physical card game or was that not till later? No, I, I, I did when I was in like from like that age, like eight to well, not when I was eight, but I guess from like being like 10 to 13 or so. Like this was a very distinct part. I remember of my like middle school experience, which was pretty miserable overall. But mm-hmm. like I do remember like I had decks. I play like I had a deck. It was the Yugi and the Kaiba starter decks combined that was like it that was i didn't have like any booster packs or anything like that and uh yeah like i I would play we would play on the school bus going to school and that was one of my main social interactions middle school wasn't a great time (laughs) no i completely understand i i have one distinct memory with Yu-Gi-Oh in my middle and early high school years was that all the all the guys were super into it? They had the play mats, they had the whole decks, they knew exactly what was going on, and you know it, it's happening like like poker games, like it's like super intense. Everyone's super into it. Okay, so yeah, one of the things they do now is that like with every new spinoff, they like introduce a new mechanic, and I'm like, I can't keep up with this shit anymore. If you try yeah. to tell me what a pendulum summon is, I'll attack you. I'll bite you. <laughs> i'm too old for that <laughs> i respect that um but i i with my adhd i have a really hard time reading like not in the sense that oh, I can't, yeah I, it's like my brain just can't pay no, attention I... long enough for a whole paragraph yeah so that and like you know fiscally i couldn't afford to get into Yu-Gi-Oh, and so i just kind of admired it from afar for a long time i think one person tried to teach me in my 20s and that's when tuners were like a big thing. And yeah, I, I was like, what is this? <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't know what a synchro summon is. And at this point, I'm too afraid to ask. <laughs> uh, so um, I'm now just recently getting into the actual Yu-Gi-Oh, but through the beautiful game known as Master Duel. But we could also get into that later. I think that you, are you talking about Master Duel and Duel Links later? I'll probably talk, I'll, I might mention Duel Links a little bit. I probably won't okay. talk about Master Duel. Um, okay. Except to say, like, all both Duel Links Master Duel and EDO Pro, I think, have done an amazing service for the community of making it accessible mm-hmm. to players 
basically Absolutely. any players that have an internet connection. And even if they don't, there are AI, AI opponents that they can go against and like story modes and all of these things. So, you know, the idea that you can like build your deck without sort of the cost prohibitive nature mm-hmm. of it and actually play around in these worlds, I think is a huge, um, a really huge boon. And I'm really glad that like Konami actually did it and invested in it. Uh-huh. I agree. I think that might be it. I think we might be ready to start the timer. Are you ready right. for the timer? Yeah, let's fucking go. Then the timer is now. You are free. <laughs> okay. So first of all, I'm only talking about Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Monsters right now because I've only consumed it. And I guess at this point now, GX, I have two episodes of GX left to go before I've consumed all of GX. I don't care about the spinoffs. They don't interest me as much as... Oh my as- god. <laughs> I simply do not care about the spinoff. Sorry. I only care about Duel You're Monsters. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, I, you know, when I was thinking about how to organize this, um, I was like, oh shit, where do I even start? So I'm going to take a page from the English release of the manga, and I'm going to divide it into three main parts uh, with a possible supplemental fourth part if we have time for it. And those main parts are pre-Duelist, okay. Duelist, and Millennium World. Um, okay. So... Pre-Duelist um, is the first seven volumes of the manga are what is known as season zero um, in the fandom of the anime. So this stuff never made it to the U.S. <laughs> um, this nope. is the this is the fuck around and find out part of the story. <laughs> this there was a season of anime that adapted these the seven volumes uh by toei back in 96 and mm-hmm. yeah that that anime never made it to the u.s because four kids got the license for it as many of us are aware and mm-hmm. season zero is just a lot of murder Ayo. like a lot of murder so okay <laughs> so First of all, to fully understand Yu-Gi-Oh, you're going to need a base knowledge of some Egyptology. We're going to get to that. Um, cool. But in in season zero, in the first seven volumes, what happens is Yugi Muto, he's a 16-year-old kid. Um, he was like something that had no one... He, he was, first of all, like a very brand new kind of character. He's like the original soft boy shonen character, uh, which really hadn't been seen before. Yu-Gi-Oh! was published in Shonen Jump. It was the mid-90s. It was surrounded by things like JoJo's Bizarre Adventure and Yu Yu Hakusho. Like, characters like Yu-Gi didn't exist as protagonists for shonen manga. He's physically weak. He, like, the entire message of the series is, like, love is the only thing that matters, and love and friendship is the only thing that matters. He was soft, he was sentimental, he was constantly bullied. Um, And now we have things like, you know, Boku no Hero Academia, which I don't read mm-hmm. or whatever, but like and and other like shonen series that have all these soft boys, they would not exist without Yugi. Um Yugi's a six- Yeah. Yugi's a 16-year-old kid. He's um a bit of a loner, uh, because he's not not by choice, but he's, you know, bullied. He's really interested in games. His grand he lives with his grandfather and his mother, who shows up briefly in the manga, but not really. Um, his grandfather owns a game shop. Uh, but in his younger days, his grandfather was an archaeologist. And on a dig to ancient Egypt, he found this um, golden box. And inside the box were all these pieces of something called the Millennium Puzzle. And um, the Millennium Puzzle puzzle is supposed to be impossible to solve. But um, the uh, legends say that anyone who does solve it 
will have their wishes granted. So uh, Suguro Kumuro, his grandfather, gives gifts this ancient Egyptian artifact to his eight-year-old grandson, who then spends the next eight years actually putting it together. And at 16, he manages to put it together. Um, in the mm-hmm. manga, in season zero, um, one of his bullies, uh, Jonochi, or Joey in the dub, throws the last piece out before he can um, complete it. But after some friendship-making shenanigans, retrieves it and Yugi uh, completes the puzzle. And then he is promptly possessed by an evil spirit. <laughs> um, well, evil, evil is evil is hard hard to call by. He is a, a morally certainly at the beginning of the series. He is a very morally ambiguous um, <gasps> force. Uh, he has very little qualms about killing people or making them go insane. Um, oh my god! He so. Yugi starts blacking out, and every time he blacks out, it's because someone has been, like, bullying him or done him some sort of wrong, and this other spirit that lives inside the puzzle comes out. Um, and the puzzle, and the spirit of the puzzle, uh, challenges all of these bad guys to punishment games, uh, or Yamino games, dark games, and, um, in the beginning of the series, um, he drives... The first person insane, who's just like a schoolyard bully, um, he sets two people on fire. He blows what? up a yeah, yeah. Two people burn to death. Um, so one of them, one of them is great. One of them is um, like a hibachi griller. It has to do with like the school's cultural festival, and they're what? like I can't even remember the context of why he gets into this, but he plays like. He challenges him to a game of air hockey, except it's using ice on a hibachi grill. Okay. <laughs> so it's like sl- this ice sliding <laughs> back and forth on the grill, and it ends with the guy put- getting put on fire. And then another guy like is an escaped con who uh, holds a burger joint hostage. And uh, <laughs> through, through a series of events, uh, Yami no Yugi lights him up with vodka and a lighter. <laughs> Through, this through is not game. the Yami yeah. I know. No, no, but it's the Yami we deserve. Um, it is. It is. Yeah, there's a lot. Oh, he also electrocute. He electrocutes the leader of a gang that uses yo-yos to attack people. Jonochi um, throws people off buildings. A lot of people die in season zero. <laughs> there's why? like a very definitive death count. Where do I see this? I need this in my life. Um. Again, for seven volumes, and you can find you can find season zero on like very legal anime sites. Very um, legal. Uh, yeah, it's on like nine anime or whatever. Uh, just look for like T- Yu Gi Oh Toei or like Yu Gi Oh season zero, and you'll you'll be able to find it. It's it's not that hard. Quality the sound quality is in the shitter. It was not <laughs> a particularly well done anime, but yeah, you get to you get to see him be a little gremlin. Um, his art style, most. Takahashi's art style back then was also much more gremlin-like as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that is like the first, that is like the first arc and, and, and or first like chunk of it. And most importantly, this chunk ends with the introduction of the, my blorble, um, Ryo Bakura, who also has a millennium item. Wow, gee, there's more of them. Go figure. This guy has the Millennium Ring, and he's possessed by a spirit who is actually evil. So Rio trans Rio 
transfers to Domino City High um, after having transferred from several other schools um, over and over again in a very short period of time because he would be playing games with his friends and then they'd all end up in comas. He'd black out and they'd all end up in comas. So Rio's choice of of game was um, a game called Monster World, which is a tabletop RPG complete with figurines. And it turns out the spirit of the ring was taking over and capturing the souls out of his friends and sticking them in those figurines that represented them. Um, So all of his friends ended up in comas. This culminates again in uh, a game with Yugi and his friends. Um, where the spirit of the ring is supposedly defeated. Spoiler alerts, he isn't. Um, <laughs> uh, the other thing, that, the other notable thing that uh, is introduced here is um, dual monsters, but it's by a different name. It's called Magic and Wizards in this point of the series. Um, mm-hmm. And it is a two chapter arc uh, that Yugi plays against Kaiba. So it's also the introduction of Kaiba, who, like in the anime we all know, is looking for the blue eyes white dragon, but it's for magic and wizards instead of mm-hmm. for dual monsters. Uh, so I, it does. Oh, I didn't want to interrupt you, but I I have been holding on to this thought since you mentioned Yugi's mother. Yes. Um, I've been staring at Yugi's mother, and I've been staring at Kaiba on my other screen. And uh-huh. if you put their hairstyles together, uh-huh. they complete. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm sitting here, and I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> uh, that's all I have. I'm sorry. Please continue. <laughs> no. Uh, one other one other very fun thing that happens in um, in Season Zero slash Pre-Duelist is um, Death Tea, which is the amusement park that Kaiba builds... Um, for the sole purpose of killing Yugi and his friends in revenge. Why? Using magic and wizards. This includes a game of laser tag where he hires real life assassins and mercenaries and gives them real lasers. Um, it inc- includes a um, a haunted house where they are all hooked up to um, electric chairs that will uh, kill them if they scream. Um, it includes... <laughs> this uh, is insane! It includes like a walkthrough haunted mansion where all of their uh, hands get cut, almost cut off in guillotines. Um, Why? <laughs> Dusty's great. It's in- incredible series. Um, so yeah, so that's that's pre duelist. That's the fuck around and find out part of the series. Um, They're nutty with it. There's a lot oh, of, man. like, no one really knows what's going on. And it, it, you can sort of tell it was like Koski Takahashi created this for like two reasons. One, he was really interested in Egyptology. And two, he was really interested in games. So, like, the pre duelist stuff is him having fun and making up games. You know, again, there's an arc about yo yo's, there's an arc about Tamagotchis, there's like an arc, there's an arc about like, gachapon toys um there's there's all these different things um the the bomber that i mentioned before takes over a ferris wheel and it's a, ends up being a game of solitaire that he has to finish what? with all of the piles being on the different car like the different cars of the ferris wheel um so yeah it's it's like it's really cool it's really fun we also get we do get like the first hint of it really being rooted in that Egyptology in uh, Pre-Duelist um, with a character named Shadi, who also has two of the other, uh, two more of the items. He has the key and he has the scales. Um, and he is the one who 
doesn't reveal it to the other characters, but from his own perspective, we find out that the spirit of the puzzle is a pharaoh who is forgotten, the spirit of a, a dead pharaoh who has forgotten his name and who he is. Oh, Yeah. So, well, I mean, he does kill a lot of people, Roma. <laughs> True. <laughs> um, so... After that, we get into Duelist, and this is what most people think of when they think of Yu-Gi-Oh. Um, this is Duel Monsters Zone. Um, so this is really divided into two main arcs, Duelist Kingdom and Battle City. Um, Duelist Kingdom happens when... Uh, so after Kaiba is defeated because he's a child billionaire, um, word gets out, and it gets out to... Um, a man named Pegasus J. Crawford, or Maximilian Pegasus in the dub, um, mm -hmm. who also has a Millennium item. Wow, look at them go. Yugi boy. <laughs> That's him. Um, <laughs> and he is the American CEO of Industrial Illusions, which is the company that actually creates the Dual Monsters cards. Um, they work with Kaiba Corp a lot to... Uh, in this is like the world of Yu-Gi-Oh. You have to understand is a, a card game based society. Like that's something that you have to just sort of accept. <laughs> and, that's like, just how it is. <laughs> yeah, you have to accept to sort of get anything about Yu-Gi-Oh. Um, but yeah, so they work with Kaiba Corp a lot. Kaiba Corp, I guess, would be like provides the hardware to Industrial Illusion software is probably the best way to uh, describe that. And uh, when Kaiba loses, Pegasus finds out about it, and he finds out who did it. And he finds out Yugi has the puzzle. He wants that puzzle. He wants it really bad. Uh, uh -huh. So he holds a tournament on his private island called Duelist Kingdom. And he invites Yugi by videotape. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. And it's the ring because Yugi puts the videotape in and through shadow magic, it's an actual duel. And Yugi isn't able to win within the time limit so his grandfather's soul gets got um and the only way to get his grandfather's soul back is to go to duelist kingdom and actually defeat pegasus in a real duel um and uh yep so they all hop on board to duelist kingdom mm -hmm. um meanwhile Jonochi has like this side arc about his sister who's going blind and how he needs money for it so he goes to on <laughs> his other friends <laughs> um his other friends honda and uh anzu are also there uh that's tristan and Taya in the dub um honda and anzu are there they sneak aboard and so does bakura um <laughs> why do i know that name rio bakura that's that's rio yeah okay 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 yeah so does bakura um, his name is Ryo Bakura. Um, he's referred to as Bakura exclusively, basically, in both the sub and the dub. Um, but in fandom, people call the not possessed one Ryo and the possessed one the possessing one Bakura because mm -hmm. it's just easier that way. So Bakura also sneaks on board because it turns out he also wants the eye. Everyone wants anyone who <laughs> You know, the it's like Pride and Prejudice. It is an established fact that anyone in possession of a Millennium item wants all the other Millennium items. Ah, it's like, oh, well, my brain was like, oh, it's like stand users. They're all just kind of magnetized to each other. Yeah, they do, like, attract each other. Um, but the, anyone who knows, anyone who has, like, all the Millennium items have, like, pretty significant power on their own. 
Um, and anyone who has one of them knows that having all of them gives them intense power. Um, anyway, a lot of shenanigans happen in um, <laughs> Duelist Kingdom. Um, but one of the most important things that happens is um, Kaiba. So in addition to... Uh, I can't even remember why Pegasus really wants Kaiba there, but he does. He wants Kaiba there. Um, so he also steals Mokuba, his younger brother Mokuba's soul. And so Jesus. Kaiba comes over and basically you have to get 10 star. You have to defeat other duelists. You have to get 10 star chips to actually get into uh, Pegasus's castle. Um, Kaiba does it very quickly, even though he wasn't invited. <laughs> um, and Pegasus is like, cool, if you want to get Mokuba's um, soul back, though, you have to beat Yugi. And so Kaiba challenges Yugi to a duel, and there's a point where it becomes very clear that Kaiba's not going to win. And he does a very extreme gambit where he basically walks up to the edge of the castle wall and says, um, if you beat me, I will jump. Hey, yo. So he threatens to commit suicide if, um, if Yugi beats him and Yami, That's... who is how I'm going Whoa. to be referring to the Pharaoh moving forward. Yeah. Is like, I don't want to kill you, but I can't, like, I need to save my grandfather. So I'm going to beat you. And, um, almost calls up the attack. And it's only Yugi at the last moment who stops the attack and Kaiba wins, um, and goes inside the castle. But like, that is the moment where Yugi really realizes that there's this separate presence inside of him. It sort of comes mm -hmm. to turn terms with it. He'd seen it before. I mean, he saw, saw it in monster world. Um, but now finally he has like this proof. It's like, there's someone, <laughs> there's literally someone inside me who's willing oh. to kill people um, that I'm just not willing to do, like against my wishes, basically. Yeah. Um, so that is, that is like, it takes a, a bit of time for them to like come to terms with each other. Um, yeah. But they do it. They manage to do it um, in the time that it takes for them to do it. Um, uh, Kaiba has challenged Pegasus and lost, so his soul gets God as well. Um, and then some other shenanigans happen. Another one of the contestants, Bandit Keith, um, Bandit Keith, <laughs> um, tries to shoot Pegasus. Um, Tracks. after losing, <laughs> rather than be and and <laughs> Pegasus just drops him down a trap hole. <laughs> Which kills him. Which kills him in the manga. To be clear, it doesn't kill him in the anime, but it kills him in the manga. <laughs> Comes back in the up? anime. You brought a gun to a cartoon trap hole fight. Like <laughs> he, he did. Oh my god. Trap hole. Um. Yeah, the final duel between Yugi and Pegasus is super cool. So the ability. First of all, it's a shadow game, so like the strain of shadow magic on every on Yugi in particular is like very harsh because he's a sixteen year old baby boy, um, and not like a shadow magic user. Whereas Pegasus and Yami are um, the ability of the Millennium Eye is that it can read your mind. Um, yeah. So 
they do <laughs> Yugi and Yami do something called a soul shuffle and they literally start playing um they switch back and forth while playing without like being conscious while the other is playing so even they don't know what cards they're putting down and they're just trusting in each other's strategies basically so Pegasus can't read their minds because they have no idea what's going on um and that's how they're they making beat them. last minute decisions every single time yeah that's and, crazy and that's how they beat him and he is defeated oh yeah by the way, he wanted the, the all the Millennium items because his wife. Yes, he has a wife. Um, his wife? His wife died. Um, <gasps> and he wants to bring her back to life. He wants to. She got fridged? Yeah. Uh, she explodes into a million flowers in the, in the anime. Oh, that's kind of <laughs> cool, actually. Uh, ju- just in, in, the, in the symbolic imagery, not in, not in actuality. But yeah, Cynthia yeah. dies and uh, Pegasus wants to bring her back to life. So that's why he wants the power of the Millennium Items. Um, getting his ass beat in the duel does a number on him, but it doesn't kill him. What does kill him is Bakura. <laughs> Neo! <laughs> so Bakura, having not been defeated... <laughs> But in the monster world has been like tracking everyone's movement this entire time. Um, there's also like this great, like these great moments in the manga in particular of sort of character building for Ryo. Cause it's like, Hey, why are you listening to the evil spirit in your ring that tried to kill you before? And it's because the evil spirit in the ring basically gives him ultimatums that he can't like turn down. It's like, and either you accept you my help or you're all going to die here in this maze. Like, I'm the only one who got, can get you guys out of this maze. Um, mm-hmm. So it's stuff like that. Um, but anyway, seeing that Pegasus is weakened by uh, weakened by this duel, uh, Bakura sneaks away, goes up, um, duels him, beats him, rips the eye from his socket, and kills him. Hey, yo! <laughs> they taking this shit really far. Oh, my lord. Um, that's really cool, though, in like a in real if this was all real, this is horrifying. But in like storytelling world, this is absolutely just buck wild all the time. And I am on board. (laughs) Yu-Gi-Oh is an insane series. A lot of people die in it. A lot of people die in it. Um, so after Duelist Kingdom, everyone else gets home, like, none the wiser that Pegasus was just grisly murdered, like, before their eyes by their friend. Um, <laughs> a little bit of time passes, and then there is um, a new exhibit comes to town at the Domino Museum, and it is, which is, oh, by the way, the Domino Museum is curated by uh, Rio's dad, who is also an archaeologist. That's how he got the ring. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is important for the last arc. This is important for later. Oh, and I mm-hmm. also forgot to mention that the duelist part of it is sort of the character building. Like, this is where we understand who these characters actually are, right? Because, like, now they're sort yeah. of str- figuring this out about themselves. Uh, Yami in particular. So a new exhibit comes to town. Um, and it is brought there by a woman named Ishizu Ishtar, who sends a specific invitation to Yugi to come see it. And Kaiba as well. She sends it to both of them. But Yugi goes first. He goes together with Anzu on a date. It's very cute. Um, 
And when he gets there, surprise, she also has a Millennium item. She has the Millennium necklace, which allows her to see the future. Um, cool. Oh, and I should mention the puzzle just has like the divine right of kings. We'll get into that. Um, the ring allows you to split souls, split and move souls. Um, and the the scales weigh your soul um, and punish you if it finds you lacking. That goes directly into Egyptology. Um, you may have heard about like the weight of your soul versus a feather. Yes. Yeah. So that that concept from Egyptology, that's literally what the scales are. And if your soul is heavier, you get eaten by Amut. A guy gets eaten by a giant crocodile. It's cool. Um, and then the key allows you to look into other people's minds, not like the eye, but into what is called their soul rooms. Um, okay. So every soul has a physical, like a metaphysical representation of itself that is a room um that represents what that person basically is we see yami and yugi's soul rooms yami's soul room in particular is a like escher mc escher-esque labyrinth um with stairs that go to nowhere and upside down and everywhere while Mm -hmm. yugi's is filled with like child toys um (laughs) so uh, two kinds of people in this world (laughs) yeah we also see onzu's which is a um a dance studio nice but yeah so he so the key allows you to look directly into someone's soul room and like rearrange it like if you move stuff in a, a soul room you can like manipulate people uh because you are changing the very essence of who they are um which is pretty fucked up um anyway the key allows ashizu to see into the future um she's had premonitions she wants yugi and kaiba to see what she has to show um it's a slab it's an ancient egyptian slab and on it is a pharaoh and a high priest and wouldn't you know it they fucking look exactly like yami and seto like like yami and kaiba reincarnated hashtag fucking hashtag confirmed um (laughs) so they both see this and this is where we get like a real exposition that like yami was a pharaoh and she's just like a great evil is coming you're going to need to remember who like you need to regain your memories to defeat it like everything hinges on that and then she calls kaiba and kaiba's like this sounds like bs but go on um and she's like you are going to be instrumental in making sure that he succeeds like you need to be here for this and support him as you did in the past and kaiba's like i've never supported yugi in my life but that's fine um and she's just like i don't want to but fine <laughs> she's just like okay i see you're not enthused about this what if i gave you a crazy powerful card and so How she gives him this is where we get the introduction of the god cards these are three cards mm-hmm. um osiris Ra, and god of the obelisk that are insanely powerful cards and representative of actual gods and they are ishizu isn't sure of all the details but she knows that all three of them will be required um to stop the evil as well so she gives god of the obelisk to kaiba and she says there are two more out there i know who has them 
but he's not going to come unless there's a good reason for it. And Kaiba's like, cool, I'm going to turn the whole city into a tournament. Welcome to Battle City! Ayo! Uh, so yeah, he turns the entire thing into, um, uh, a tournament. It's a citywide tournament. Literally, it's like Pokemon Go, but Yu-Gi-Oh! PvP enable zone. You go! <laughs> yeah, Yu-Gi-Oh! Yeah. Go to the polls. Uh, again, it's a, it's a big tournament arc. It is mostly there to set up the exposition of, like, all of this backstory about who these characters actually are. The final Millennium item, the Rod, is held by Malik Ishtar, Ishizu's brother. Um, and he is the one who also has the other god cards. And uh, the two of them grew up with their brother Rashid underground in a uh, tomb. They are a family of tomb keepers who have been around for 3,000 years protecting the Pharaoh's tomb and this legacy. And Malik wants basically revenge on the pharaoh the unnamed pharaoh for fucking his entire life up just by existing um hey yo uh so because he was kept underground and also when he was a child had scars of the tablets uh carved into his back why which is it's the right of it's the rite of passage for the tomb keepers. So he has a lot to be mad about as well. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, he has a lot to be mad about. Um, he This actually caused him to dissociate so much that he created another personality. Um, but the personality is also powered by shadow magic. <laughs> so oh my God. it's like a real separate entity. Oh. Like a separate entity. I, I'm not trying yeah. to, to say anything about systems. Um, I I, I yeah. understand. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So uh, at this point, they're still joined in one body. But like after his dad does this to him, like carves up his back at the end of it, he you know this is the first time that this other personality, this altar comes to the front, and this altar kills his father, stabs his father. Ayo. And he's like, I'm going to get revenge. Like, I'm going to get out of this tomb. I'm going to get revenge on the Pharaoh for ruining my life, for ruining our entire family's life. Um, and she's just like, yeah, no, we can't do that. Absolutely not. So they were charged with guarding these cards and she took one of them. Malik has the other two. Um, and he also has the rod, which allows him to brainwash people. Yeah. Um, it's also a knife. It's the only it's the only millennium item that is actually also a weapon. Hmm. Um so that's that's fun. Um a lot of stuff goes down in Battle City. Um Bakura dies for the third time. <laughs> Don't worry, it doesn't stick here either. Um <laughs> Why won't you just let him die? Um Yeah, they keep killing Bakura. Uh but most importantly are these god cards. They're all collected. They are crazy powerful. Um, and uh, it's... And this leads... After after everything is said and done, after Malik is defeated and his, like, shadow magic powered uh, personality banished to the Shadow Realm, um... <laughs> 
the time comes that like the the presence of this evil that Ishizu warned about becomes imminent, basically. Um, and it's time to get into the final arc, uh, which is Millennium World. How long have we been going, by the way? Uh, we are at 33 minutes, so you've got, you've got, yeah, you've got time. Hell yeah. Millennium World is the plot section of, uh, of, of the story, really. And this is the story that Kazuki Takahashi always wanted to tell. Duelist happened because he introduced magic and wizards and people were actually really interested in it. So his editor was like, his editor made it like, uh, had like a deal with Konami and he was like, yeah, you got to just do card games now. Um, nothing else, only card games. Nothing else, only card games. We need to sell cards. Um, but so like, that's all of Duelist. And again, Duelist is like the largest part of the series by I think a fairly substantial margin millennium world's pretty long too though um but millennium world like this is the story he wanted to tell this is the egyptology part so there is um millennium world happens when a another tomb keeper bobasa um appears and bobasa has a fucked up body um his Oh, well, actually, before Babasa appears, uh, two things happen. So at this point, Yugi has five of the seven items. He has the puzzle. Shadi gave him the key and the um, scales. He got the rod from Malik, and he has the um, necklace from Ishizu. Bakura Mm -hmm. still has the ring in the eye. Um, Okay. The arc starts off with um, two bit characters who show up in um, in Duelist Kingdom and Battle City, uh, Insector Haga or uh, Weevil Underwood in the dub, and Dinosaur Riyazaki or Rex Raptor in the dub. Um, deciding to like steal Yuki's shit, they're looking for the God cards, um, but they steal his duffel bag, and instead of getting the God cards, they get the items instead. Ayo. Um, they're chased down and killed by Bakura <laughs> again. Oh um, my god! <laughs> yeah, um, and Yugi like also like is alerted to them being gone, so he runs after them he, in his like pajamas. Turns a corner; it's in the rain, only to find Bakura with like their corpses at his feet, <laughs> and and Bakura. Bakura is a fascinating main villain. Um, uh, antagonist because he is the antagonist of the entire series but he is never the main antagonist of any arc he's a constant yeah so he shows up in every arc and he's there and what he says to Yugi here's the truth he, he throws the bag to Yugi and he's like I can't believe you fucking lost these like take care of them and Yugi's like nervous laughter what the fuck um, <laughs> and then Bakura's like it's like listen I need you I need you to uh, figure out to get the Pharaoh's memories as much as you do. And Yugi's like, why? And Bakura's like, don't worry about it. Um, (laughs) And he's like, I can see you don't trust me. I understand that. Here, let me give you a a gift to, you know, show that I'm on your side. And he throws Yugi the eye. And Yugi's like, 
what the fuck? <laughs> Where did you Why get though? this? And Bakura's like, don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, and he's like, anyway, be a better vessel. Like, get your shit together and save the Pharaoh's memories. I'm tired of doing this shit. And then, like, walks off and Yuki's like, what the fuck? <laughs> so, <laughs> so anyway, they all go to the museum. <laughs> We all go to the museum, including Ryo, actually. He's there as well. Uh, the next day, where they meet a guy named Bobasa. And Bobasa has a fucked up body. He's He has a big round tummy, and in his round tummy are indents that would hold all of the items. So he's built different? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Here, you know what? Let me just, let me pop a, let me pop a little Bobasa pick in here. Let me, let me see. Let me, let me... <laughs> Uh, I'm so ready. Oh, I oh, don't man. think you are. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's a hell of a way to like place everything. Uh what happened does is he does he become freaking um infinity gauntlet like I mean kind of <laughs> <laughs> So he is he is the walking case for all of the items. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> it's totally fine. Yeah. So anyway, Bobasa's like, hey oh, so here's how here's how we're going to get your memories back. And Pharaoh's like, cool, I'm listening. And he's like we're going to magically transport you back to your previous life in ancient Egypt. Surprise! You're going to go through the same, like, trials you did back then, and through that, remember your name, which is the key to the door that the items unlock, which leads to this ultimate power. Yo. So, yeah, so all of the items, you put them in a tablet. That tablet is a doorway. Um, and... To open it, you also need a password, and the password is the pharaoh's name. So that's that is the point of this plot. So he's like, "Very cool. How do I do that?" And Babas is like, "Follow me." And then he stops and he looks at Rio and goes, "Not you, though. You stay here." <laughs> and Rio's like, "What?" And he's like, "Yeah, no, you got a sickness in you, boy. <laughs> there's something your, your not right off. Yeah, you're, there's something not right with that boy." So like, Rio runs away crying, and Bakura's like in his head, being like. Oh no, my plan is foiled. Not. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, he goes in and Babasa like takes him to the same tablet that shows this high priest and the pharaoh dueling each other. And above them are the three god cards. And he's like, okay, present the three god cards. And uh, the pharaoh does it. And two things happen at once. One is he and Sorry, three things happen at once. One is he opens his eyes and he's in a throne room in a palace in ancient Egypt. Ooh. Two, all of his friends, all, like y including Yugi, um, show up as ghosts in ancient Egypt. They can wander around and see anything, but they cannot interact with everything. And three, the actual 
fair. Well, no, this happens. This happens a little later, actually. But so those are the two things that actually happen. Um, but what we see in a little bit later, they as as Yami sort of is try- in ancient Egypt trying to figure out what the fuck is going on. Um, so the first thing that happens actually in ancient Egypt is he's in the throne room and it is interrupted by a thief coming through. <gasps> and the thief is dragging, uh, demanding an audience with the pharaoh and dragging a sarcophagus behind him. And all the court is in horror because the sarcophagus belongs to ancient Egyptian Yami's father. <laughs> Why are you stealing my dad? <laughs> yeah, there's a great, ooh, I wonder if I can find the panel of him shoving Bakura out of the way. Um, this is Thief King Bakura, by the way. Um, hey, yo. Who ha- did nothing wrong, but we'll get to that. Um, I ha- that's the one right after it. Um, that's not bad. Of like demanding, uh, of like mocking all the court and like the court, by the way, is made up of six priests, all of whom have an item. Ooh. One of them, one of them looks like Kaiba, go figure. Of course. Yeah. So he's like mocking the court and going on and on. And the Pharaoh just like shoves him, like shoves past him to get to his father. So I can't find that panel, but here's one like right after it. Bruh. What we get here is our intro to Egyptology 101. So ancient Egyptians believed that there were six parts of the human. Um, there's only like three that really matter here. I guess four if you count uh shadow, but basically there's sorry, sorry, five things. There's five things that um make up the soul. Ib, which is heart, shoot, which is shadow, ren, which is name, that's that's important, ba, which is personality and spirit, that's important, and ka, which is life force. So ba is probably the most important of these. Um, so again, the entire point of, of this arc is to find the pharaoh's ren, but dual monsters is ba and ka brought to life. So ka is basically a measure in... Yu-Gi-Oh! of the amount of inherent magic ability that you have. Mm-hmm. Um, your Ba is the physical representation of that ability. It's a dual monster. Okay. So everyone has everyone's Ba is a dual monster. Basically, Pegasus, when he went to ancient Egypt looking for a way to save his dead wife, found these tablets, these huge stone tablets with monsters on them. And he turned it into a a card game. But these stone tablets were actually the encapsulation of people's souls. They were captured Ba's put into stone tablets and they fought each other with them. So That's horrifying. Oh my god. Yes. (laughs) Um, So Thief King Vakura takes out his... um, his Ba, which is this nasty snake boy that you see in the uh, in mm-hmm. the back there, Dia bound, um, and they like fight each other with these huge giant monsters that are the encapsulations of their souls. And by using the items, the priests can also call upon other Ba that they've already gotten uh, from mostly from criminals, um, and that they've store in this temple, but. Everyone has their own 
individual ba. Um, and Diabound is crazy strong. Um, and after desecrating his father's corpse, they fight for a while. Diabound takes out most of the priests. Um, but Yami has, has a moment where he's like, okay, I've had enough, actually. And he calls down the god of Osiris. Um, and Ooh. there's this awesome chase scene where uh, Bakura escapes by horseback and Yami chases after him. And above them are Diabound and Osiris like flying through the sky at each other. Um, and it's at this point that uh, as they're as they're flying through this, um, that Yami looks up and he looks up at the night sky. And there's something weird there. It looks like the bottom of a it looks like an inverted pyramid. That's so weird. And as he does this, as he looks up at this inverted pyramid, a third thing happens inside the back room of the Domino City Museum, Yami wakes up in his own body, looking across a tabletop board game to Bakura. This is all a giant tabletop game across a huge diorama. Okay. That is like a basis of Monster World. Let me, let me see if I can find the Millennium World diorama for you. Okay. This, this moment is so good. I... Love that I have way more context so far to you while you're looking this up, but like, yeah, I, I just kind of accepted Yu-Gi-Oh at face value, but now that I got more of the the you know the, the before times, the Egyptian times, like lore, like now everything's just that much more buck wild than it was. Yeah. Oh my god. Let's see if I can. Also, I really, I really want to find the the specific panel of when. Yami actually like wakes up in the real world because it's it's like this two page spread. Uh, one second. Oh yeah, you you look that up. I'm I'm also going to inform you that I am a huge Yami simp. Everyone gets to oh, know yeah. this now, and so the the last <laughs> one that you showed me where he's like, I'm going to destroy you, like holding the mummified like body. I think that's his dad. Um, that is his dad. Yes. Beautiful. I mean, yes. First of all, first of all, yes. Second of all, though, like his ancient Egyptian self is definitely the best one of uh-huh. it. So the point, by the way, the inverted pyramid that he's seeing is actually the physical puzzle that has that Bakura has hung above the game board. There you go. Oh my lord. That's so cool. Yeah. So um, it's this huge diorama. Yami wakes up to it. Um, There are rules to it. So you'll notice in there that there are cards next to him. These cards are basically everyone's character sheet. Everyone has stats of Ba and Ka. And if they're ever depleted, uh, they die in the game. (laughs) Oh, you you might also see that Bakura on his side. So first of all, that is... You might notice the corpse behind the uh, the corpse behind Bakura. Don't worry about it. Um, you might also notice that he has um, is that Pegasus hourglasses. Oh, it's not Pegasus. Next to him, and one of them is turned over. So that's his. He, he has special abilities as a D as a GM. He's allowed three times to reverse time. Okay. Um. So, 
by the time by the time that this happens he's already used it once and you can see like the priests like the cards on the diorama representing some of the priests and you can see where their ba and ka levels are it's crazy it's so good um that's really sick i love that yeah so we we sort of separate into a, a few different paths here there is yami who is replaying the like uh events of his life in the game itself as a character in the game as a player in the game there's all of his spirit friends who are trying to find clues to where his name is there is the character of thief king bakura who is just an npc he doesn't have any he doesn't have any possession but like the spirit of the ring bakura there's like okay there's like four bakuras running around at this point they it gets messy but um but yeah so there's there's the possessing like the spirit of ring bakura who is like observing this and at times to time possessing his npc self and then there's the game master bakura who's actually playing the game with yami across um so those are sort of like the areas that we have and it's through thief king bakura actually that we get to see the history of the Millennium items. And when I say Thief King Bakura did nothing wrong, I meant that shit. Yeah. Because what happened was, I mean, okay, listen, the spoilers abound at this point. The series is more than 25 years old. I'm sorry, I'm not going to be held responsible no. um, for, for spoilers at this point. <laughs> You've had um, 25 years. <laughs> You've had 25 years, more than. Um, so yes, through Bakura, we see the origins, uh, the, the character Bakura, uh, we see the origins of the Millennium Items. Um, so what happened was this was during like warring kingdoms of e- ancient Egypt. The pharaohs, yeah, Yami's father, um, Akhenam Khanen, mm-hmm. needed needed a way to defend his kingdom. Basically, um, he he was the pharaoh over his older brother Akhenaten. Um, Due to who they they had different mothers. Okay. So Akhenam Khanen got the throne, but um, Akhenaten was basically his vizier. Akhenaten is also the father of priest Set, um, or Seto, mm-hmm. aka Kaiba. So Set and Yami are first cousins. So Akhenaten is like, okay, fine. Like, you want power? I'll get you power you fucking asshole Akhenaten really never got over Akhenam Khanen becoming pharaoh instead of him um and he's like it's like fine yeah fuck it I'll get I'll get us power since you're so useless and soft-hearted and what Akhenaten did was Akhenaten went to the desert because he had found a spell and he found a village that was filled with thieves and petty criminals and he needed 99 of them for a spell to happen. Mm-hmm. And wouldn't you know it, there was exactly a hundred people in that village. And 99 of them, he melted down with gold. Oh? And he poured that gold into a tablet, and that's where the Millennium Items come from. Ayo! Okay! And the hundredth person was a small boy, maybe around six years old? I'm not sure how long. I think it's supposed to be about a decade between that. So, was a small boy who watched his entirely f- entire family be melt literally melted 
into gold for a blood magic ritual. And that's Thief King Bakura. <gasps> no way. So um, one of the other consequences of this, again, also, was that it actually called it called forth the embodiment of all evil into the world. It was not only did it create the the Millennium Items, but it was a summoning spell. It was a summoning spell for an entity known as Zork Necrophades. Now, we actually we see Zork in the series before we get to Millennium World. Uh, he is the boss character of the Monster World RPG in Pre-Duelist, um, which is great. It's so cool. It's like, it's such a nice full circle mm -hmm. story. Like, the fact that the entire thing at the end is a tabletop RPG again, and that Zork is the boss monster, it's really, it's so good. It's so well-written. But uh, Zork needs a host, and wouldn't you know it, there's an, a, bear, a very vulnerable small child um, who just saw his family get killed in a horrendous way right in front of him. So he possesses that small child. Mm -hmm. Now, how much of Thief King Bakura is actually him and actually Zork is sort of up for debate, much like everything regarding Bakura is. It's really unclear about how much, like, the Spirit of the Ring is, you know, Thief King Bakura versus Zork Necrophades. Um, and at times, because he's such a good actor, it's unclear of how much of, like, the things, the things Rio does are, like, Rio, or if they're actually Bakura or Zork Necrophades, etc., um, the lines between all of them are very, very murky. Mm -hmm. But yeah, Bakura grows up and swears revenge. So that is that is basically the story. And the corpse that you see there is Akhenaten's corpse. Oh my god. Um, which was also possessed by Zork. So, so yes, Akhenaten also gets uh, possessed by Zork. He goes kind of sicko mode. Um hmm. A chain of, which sets off a chain of events that like leads to you know this this entire tragedy um so in addition to Bakura swearing revenge for this um meanwhile uh Akhenaten is whispering into his son's ears that he should be the one who's pharaoh not Yami um and that if he wants to be pharaoh he's going to need to get more power so Set and one of the other one of the other pre Shada who looks like shoddy surprise surprise um <laughs> um set off to find criminals that they can like take that they can arrest and then remove the ball from and hopefully find something that is powerful enough to stand up against their enemies and now after Bakura comes forth um to stand up against Diabound what they find instead what set finds instead is Kisara um, a pale girl with white hair and blue eyes. And he looks into her soul and he sees a great dragon. <gasps> Surprise. <laughs> Wait a minute. He finds, yeah, so he finds Kisara, who is the blue eyes white dragon. Hey! Let me see if I can find a photo of, of her with the blue eyes. It's. I had for a short period of time a welcome mat that was the blue eyes white dragon card and oh, my yeah. goddaughter uh her her father had had got the brain worms in her head of every time that they see the welcome mat they would be like oh, the legendary blue eyes white dragon <laughs> and that's all i think about whenever <laughs> i hear about the blue eyes <laughs> so this is one of my favorite splash title pages oh. 
of Sadatsuki Sara with the Blue Eyes White Dragon. Um, and Set finds himself like very. She was being like, he finds her getting stoned because she looks like a freak in ancient Egypt. That that tracks, you know, being- with white, given that she has white hair and blue yeah. eyes. But uh, yeah, so he saves her from being stoned. And then like Akhenaten is like, cool, now torture her so you can strengthen her thing. And he's like, but I, I think I like her, actually. But I have a crush on her. <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> Hang on, wait. So Seth's doing that. Um, and meanwhile, Bakura has has started picking off, ha- has started uh, picking off the priests and and collecting their items. And the first person he starts with is um, a priest named Mahad, um, who has a ba that is uh, he is he is a quartz magician. Can you guess what he turns into? The dark magician. Damn right he does. <laughs> yes. He also has an apprentice named Mana. Guess what her her ba is. Dark magician girl? Yeah. Yes. Um so he goes after Mahad. Mahad has the ring. So he kills Mahad in a um a booby trap tomb that Mahad lures him into to try to kill him, but Bakura is like, I'm the king of thieves, dude. Um so he gets killed with his own traps, basically. Um, but his ba lives on sentiently and comes back later so uh mahad gets got and every time every time when bakura gets a new item his uh diabound evolves so diabound is getting stronger as well meanwhile like yugi and friends are looking around for names and the spirit of the ring like finds this out and so he runs interference there's a really gnarly panel that he does a duel against yugi which is like <laughs> disgusting because he grows a dual disc out of his arm oh my god yeah it's so gnarly the flesh disc <laughs> Ugh. let's see there it is absolutely disgusting oh no <laughs> they they cleaned cleaned that up for the anime for sure Wait, where is it? Where'd you put it? Here, it's uh, there. There it is. Oh, yeah, they've definitely cleaned that up for the anime. <laughs> <laughs> Joey is just not about it right now. Oh my god. Genochi. Okay, one of my favorite relationships in the manga is actually Genochi and and Rio because Rio on his own is actually just like a weirdo as, as well. He's like a morbid kid. He like mm-hmm. his deck is. Like, the deck that Bakura uses is Ryo's occult deck. And Jinochi hates this shit. Like, he hates goats. He hates everything. There's a point in, in Battle City where Bakura and Malik are working together. And to, like, seal their deal, Bakura stabs himself in the arm so Malik can take him to the hospital and, like, gain sympathy from all his friends. It's a very convoluted plot. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> but after getting out from the hospital, like, Ryo's, like... Rio shows up again and they're like, are you okay, dude? Like, are you good? And he's like, yeah, I'm fine. It's just a minor injury. Do you want to touch it? And he like shoves his arm in Jonochi's face. He's like, absolutely not. <laughs> Disgusting. <laughs> Disgusting. Disgusting. <laughs> um, Fuck. All of this a bit. So yeah, all of this comes to a head. They find his name after defeating Bakura in this duel, the spirit of the ring in this duel. Um, they find um, 
they find the pharaoh's name, which is great because this is just as Yami is approaching this town, Kul Elna, which is the name of the town of Thieves that was all killed to make the items, where the tablet is and where Bakura's Thief King Bakura is waiting for him with all the spirits of the cool El- of the murdered cool Elnins um circling around him. Um kind of like uh how the Styx looks in Hercules. Yeah. Um, in in the Disney Her- Hercules. Mm-hmm. Um so two things happen at once. Uh they get the na- the Yugi and friends get the name and all of the items like Yami finally approaches them. He in the anime he actually apologizes for what his father and uncle did and say like you know it wasn't me but that's still super fucked up and i'm sorry that that happened to you and he he's even like if you need to kill me because of that like i understand like just don't hurt anyone else they didn't do anything Mm -hmm. um but uh what happens instead is that bakura puts all the items thief king bakura puts all the items into into the tablet and immediately crumbles into sand because Zork Necrophades doesn't need him anymore. <gasps> His role as a character is over. Fuck. So, yeah. So with all the um all the items in the tablet, Zork is unleashed onto the world and let me let me get a a photo of Zork here. This is from the anime, but that's okay. This was also heavily edited. I bet you can't guess what part. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh. So that's Zork. Zork Necrophades is unleashed onto the world. He starts immediately just blasting everywhere and killing everyone. But he doesn't have access to the the full power he wants yet because he still doesn't have a name. And finally, the Yugi and friends are able to defeat, defeat Bakura, the Spirit of the Ring, find Yami and they give him his name and here's the big spoiler stop listening now I guess if you don't want to know what his his name is his name is Atem which literally means king oh I should mention by the way which I didn't to begin with Yu-Gi-Oh translates to king of games Uh uh-huh if we didn't establish if that wasn't established Yugi literally means game O means king oh my god it's King of Games. That's what it means. And yes, Yugi's name is Game. Now the kanji, the kanji that's used to spell it means something different. So, but just saying it, Yugi is Game. Yes. Um. I can't handle that. <laughs> yep. So anyway, sorry. That should have been in the beginning. That's why we had that intro bit. Um, so yeah. So. They are fending, just barely, they are fending, uh, the priests are dying left and right. They are just barely uh, fending Zork off. Atem summons, uh, the, the pharaoh, before getting his name, summons all three of the gods, but it's still not doing any, like, it's, they're still not winning against Zork. And finally, he gets his name, he gets Atem, he gets his Ren, Atem, and with the power of Atem, he combines the three uh, God cards into my fucking wife. I'm getting a picture of her. Oh, waifu, my f- fucking wife. My wife. Come on, there she is. There she is. Hey yo, 
The creator god of light, Herakti. What a bad bitch. And Herakti wipes Zork off the face of the planet. Get your shit And that's it. Or at least it almost is. There's one last thing that needs to happen. Well, one last thing that needs to happen in Millennium World, and then one more thing that needs to happen in the real world. Um, the last thing that needs to happen in the real in Millennium World is that uh, they need to have the ceremonial duel that was sh- sorry. They need to have the prophesized duel that was shown on the tablet. So after all of this is said and done, Kaiba and Atem duel each other, and Set, sorry, set, not Kaiba, set, very specifically, set duels, um, attempt and set wins, which allows him to become Pharaoh and attempt to leave Millennium World in peace, knowing that's in good hands. Aww. And then back in the real world, the last thing that needs to happen is Atem has to die. Well, it's what it's, he's 3000 years old. It's what it's all been leading up to. He deserves his final rest, um, but he can't get there until uh, without a ceremonial duel, which he must lose in order to move on, because if he doesn't lose, then it shows that the world still needs him. So he and Yugi end up separated because of magic at the end, and magic. they duel each other in the final ceremonial duel. And Yugi beats him, which allows Atem to cross over um, and rest. And that's that's Yu-Gi-Oh! My boy! Oh, he finally got to go to bed. Now, if we have any time for supplemental stuff, I could talk about DSOD as well, which is wild and adds a whole shit ton of lore. I haven't finished it yet. But now it has so much more context because now I know what happened before that movie. <laughs> yeah, it's it's sort of important for that movie in particular. <laughs> a good thing I only got about halfway through it. <laughs> Not even. Yeah. Uh, maybe I'll go wake up Tony now and we'll go finish it right now. Um, Please. But- Literally, like... I know I, I joke about only having three interests, but it is the greatest animated film ever made. Legitimately, I pogged... I. I saw the last two Yu-Gi-Oh! movies in theaters when they came out. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's Bonds Beyond Time, which came out in like 2011, I want to say. 2011 or 20, 2012. Uh-huh. Um, no, it must have been 2011. So it came out in like 2011 and um, I like took buses for two hours on public transit to see, <laughs> to get to the oh. one. The one theater in the area that was uh, playing it. And then for Dark Side of Dimensions, the one NYC showing sold out like immediately because there's only 30 tickets because it was a fucking cafe theater. Um, So I like dragged my friend to Long Island. I'm like, sorry, sorry, dude. (laughs) We got to (laughs) go. We're going to Port Washington and we are watching this movie when it comes out. Um. And I pogged so hard <laughs> watching Dark Side of the Mentions. It was so, so I, oh my God, it, it he, they did that for me. They did. Specifically. Uh, I mean, even without the context like that, so far from what I've seen, it's absolutely amazing. But I think I now have to restart the whole thing. 
just to make sure I see everything with full idea, like the full picture. Um, yeah. But, uh. So what you what you need to know and what you would have already gotten to a little bit at this point, but we the plot of Dark Side of Dimensions is um, Kaiba wants to fuck a Tem so bad it makes him die. Oh, I was correct. Oh my god. Well, the game part I was correct about. I didn't know about the die part. Well, it don't worry. He's fine, but he's dead. He gets better. His goal in Dark Side of Dimensions is, His goal in Dark Side of Dimensions is to find a way to safely go and return from the go to and return from the ancient Egyptian afterlife so he can fucking duel a Tem on his own time. I when I found out that he was dueling a Tem in like a VTuber fight. And was like, not good enough. Yeah. <laughs> gotta bring him yeah. back. I gotta wake up the boy. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, listen, if he can't bring a temp back, he'll go to him. Oh, my He's, he's gonna die for the weekend, but it's fine. He'll be back. Oh. Anyway, that's Dark Side of Dimensions. Mm, yeah, that's exactly what I'm doing after this. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Tony. I'll watch it with her without you. Oh my god. Fuck it. If Tony won't watch it with you, I will. <laughs> we leave this Discord and go to- <laughs> and just go watch it together on Hulu. Oh my god. Literally, I'm not even leaving Discord. Just stream it. <laughs> Bruh. Oh man. Um brain my brain is short circuiting because now I'm uh Yu-Gi-Oh activates a side of me that I haven't experienced in a, a great long years uh since my naru sasu amv days if you know what i mean <laughs> yeah oh uh, oh, oh my yeah God. and so there i've the literally the, the the short portion of dark side of dimensions i did see uh you can ask tony this and he will confirm the whole time i would just point at the screen and be like that's gay yeah i mean i will say so <laughs> um First of all, I know it's like the entire point of this entire podcast, but yes. I am sorry for talking so much. No, you're, um, you're valid. Uh, um, but th- so Yu-Gi-Oh was a fandom back in the days where there was really unconventional naming conventions for ships. Um, in particular, it got its naming conventions from the Pokemon fandom, which has everything shipping at the end of it. So that started with rocket shipping. What is which was Team Rocket basically? So people who really like chipping Jesse and James uh, called it rocket chipping. I love that. Right? Isn't that cute? And so their entire so all of their ships were named in that naming convention something shipping. Right. Mm -hmm. So the and Yu Gi Oh got its naming convention from that. So Kaiba Yami is pride shipping. And yeah. Yeah, so Kamiyami is is pride shipping, which I didn't even care that much about before Dark Side of Dimensions, but I watched Dark Side of Dimensions and I was like, holy moly. (laughs) They got their movie. (laughs) It's like, Jesus Christ, the the homosexuality jumped out. (gasps) Oh, man. (sighs) Yeah. Yup. Yep. All right. Unclear if it's reciprocated, but Kaiba certainly wants to fuck a Tem so bad it makes him look stupid. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, you know, I feel part of me feels like the the mm, I'm I'm trying to decide if I should uh do the thing that I do all I, I have this habit where I watch something and I 360 no scope like 
their gender and sexuality and this is literally just <laughs> for fictional characters like all like one piece obviously luffy's asexual just he nothing more nothing matters except him becoming king of the pirates like that's it but when watching Yu-Gi-Oh, i'm like i don't know i feel like a tem is just wholesome at least in the anime is just just wholesome guy who wants to go to bed he's everybody's dad that's it <laughs> but that's just me from my vague understanding of the Yu-Gi-Oh series. Listen, it's it's a fruity series. It is. And it, it only gets better because I uh we've established the the lore of the original of the Yu-Gi-Oh, but I have incidentally gotten crumbs of the later stories. And mm-hmm. uh Tony and I are currently watching Arc 5 with the pendulum summoning. <laughs> <laughs> And I will not, I won't, it. I won't, I won't do anything. I won't explain it. I, I honestly, I still don't understand it, but uh, I think it's fun. I think it's fun. It's a circus themed one, but that one's real fun and fruity. Um, and he, the motorcycle one was really fun. I think that's five D's. Five D's. Yeah. Motorcycle with math. Um, yeah. Card games on motorcycles. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know anything else about the other ones. To be honest, like I probably should watch GX, but I have not. All I know about Vrains is that its title makes me really mad. Oh, the VTuber one? <laughs> yeah, because it's it stands for so not only is it brain, brains with a V, but it stands for VR AI Neurosystem. That's actually really painfully virtual clever. reality artificial. Yeah, virtual reality artificial intelligence neurosystem. Who is that? That's Playmaker, right? What? I feel like the, I feel like that's playmaker. Hold on, type. Damn it, type. My computer's not selected on Google. Brains playmaker. Yes, the the main character is playmaker, and um, I really don't like the hairstyles in brains, and that's that's my hot take. I can appreciate that Yu Gi Oh has Yu Gi Oh hair. However, <laughs> I can't handle brains' hairstyles out here. They're getting really nutty with it. Yeah, it's 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 something. I don't know how to I can't elaborate any further on that matter. It kind of looks like uh it's kind of the like the new fire emblem characters if you've seen uh seen the new main characters for the next fire emblem Hold that on. look like Pepsi Man. I'm looking this up right now. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that was Fire Emblem. I keep seeing it everywhere, and I'm like, who are yeah, these bitches? They're Fire Emblem Fire Engage. Emblem. <laughs> uh. Apparently, your your hair changes color depending on your morality as well. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. Okay, um, we have dug very. We, we we've kind of jumped slightly far away from where we were. Yes. Um. Damn, wouldn't you know it? You put two ADD people Oops. <laughs> in a podcast. My B. Um, where, so with Yu-Gi-Oh! now, what, what currently, because we, we've talked about uh, original Duel Monsters. You mentioned that you were watching, you're almost done with GX. Um, mm-hmm. Where do you see your hyperfixation taking you now with, with the Yu-Gi-Oh! franchise? Um, I mean, my hyperfixation isn't going to to take me there. My podcast is going to take me there. I'm going to be doing Pot of Greed until I die because they're going to keep making new Yu-Gi-Oh spinoffs until I die. Um, (laughs) But 
you know, listen, it's it's a pretty enduring hyperfixation. It's been 23 years and I still get stupid about this series and mm-hmm. about this character in particular. But like I'm I'm still on I'm on AO3 right now. One of my other tabs is Yu-Gi-Oh fanfiction. Oh like, my goodness. <laughs> It's constant. Like, I'm never not thinking about it, really. Um, the brain rot is here. It's taken hold. It's deep-rooted. Yeah, I mean, I, I think probably the only thing I, I'd maybe be interested in doing that I haven't yet is, is like, cosplaying from it. Do it. Um, I have so many cosplay plans, though. Jesus Christ. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> finally finishing one cosplay after three years last night has me oh in a gosh. fucking tailspin. Um, Ooh. Yeah, I, you know, it's just I, one of the, the incredible things about the fandom is that Duel Monsters is still a thriving fandom. Um, it might it's certainly more active than GX. The GX fandom is. I don't know about any of the other series, but like I feel like with the other ones, they sort of like come and go as they they air. And there are people who are like more interested or not, but like their lasting power doesn't. But like there's so much content still being created for Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Monsters 25 years after, and I think that's really because of the enduring quality of the characters. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Um, and, uh, again, like, just the idea that, like, there was no real shonen protagonist like Yu-Gi before him. Nope. Um, so, it's, uh... And it's also, like, in my opinion, I mean, I, I won't speak for the other series, but at least compared to GX, it's a way more cohesive storyline. And way more like interesting that way. Mm-hmm. <sighs> so yeah, I think I'm just gonna probably continue sitting here in my brain rod. <laughs> Enjoy it. I I doing. I've been recently entering this uh hyperfixation. So it's really uh one, um, this has been super informative and highly improved my hype my uh education level on the hyperfixation as a whole <laughs> um because now i can appreciate everything much more as well as recognizing that the series is much darker than i thought like i heard oh, that yeah. you would just well, like go hard but i didn't know it was that hard yeah no season zero is a treat if you have time for it or 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 pre-duelist oh i'm a, um, I'm a one piece but, fan i got time yeah if you uh if you want to read the manga um, it, the manga is under just Yu-Gi-Oh. The the pre-duelist stuff is just Yu-Gi-Oh, and then the duelist stuff is Yu-Gi-Oh duelist, and then the Millennium World stuff is Yu-Gi-Oh Millennium World. Hell yeah. Um, let's see. And but the not what like what we were talking about before with uh make like with Master Duel and Duel Links making things more accessible for fans. Um. That actually has been a huge part of my life in the past few months. And I've made a great deal of decks lately. And even Tony today was like, hey, you should uh, you should make a separate alt account so you can make more decks. And I'm like, why? Don't make me do this. <laughs> yeah, Pot Agreed hosts an annual tournament um, on Yugi's birthday every year um, called the Cup of Greed. Oh my um, gosh. Yeah, and... Uh, the hosts tend to some of us participate some of us don't but we i i want to make sure i have a deck ready whenever to go and we always do the rules that are um contemporary to wherever we are in the anime at that point 
Yeah. To go with it. So I make a new deck every year. And it's always like really fun sort of thinking up deck concepts. Absolutely. I want to put in the Discord the Dada Doya videos where he's uh, doing the Yu-Gi-Oh! Hell yeah. Matches. Ah, uh, you know what? I'm going to have to do it later because he's got a lot more videos than I thought. Oh my god. His YouTube channel scaring me. Um, my brain is so smooth right now. Forgive me. <laughs> I'm full of so much no information. I hope, uh, yeah, I hope I didn't do, like, too much. No, not, you did not do too much. I, uh, like, my brain has a new toy now, and it's, it's playing with that toy, and so my, my focus has been completely, like, it keeps pinging back and forth between, like, oh, you should read the manga, oh, you should go finish that movie. You know what, you didn't play Master Duel today. (laughs) And I'm like, stop, I'm still recording (laughs) a podcast. Um... Yeah, no, I mean, f- please feel free to like yell at me about any of this. I would love to know your reactions to DSOD. <laughs> Absolutely. I'll probably, uh, as we're watching it, I'll probably just put my live react in like a thread or something in this Yu-Gi-Oh tab please. on the Discord. <laughs> please. It, but 98% of it will be just be like yelling, yay, with like pictures of certain <laughs> characters, <laughs> like zoomed in really bad See on my in- phone. <laughs> See you in the ancient Egyptian afterlife, you stupid fruit. <laughs> fuck um is there anything else that you'd like to uh (laughs) discuss before we wrap up the uh episode Uh, just to say that like you know i went through this as quickly as i could and didn't do a particularly good job of that i think Um, you did a really great job but uh there there's so much like at its core Yu-Gi-Oh is about like so many like really genuinely deep things it is about the power of friendship it is about revenge it is about the divine right of kings and whether that should be a thing um Koski Takahashi was like a notable anti-fascist hero um oh yeah who died this year actually um mm-hmm. saving saving the life of um people who got in, in caught in a riptide um, and he drowned Aww. while saving their lives. Um, he, while is several elections ago, he was very, he did huge pushes using Yu-Gi-Oh characters to not only get people to vote, but to get people to vote Shinza Abe out of office. Oh my um, god! Get all the like anime was, nerds on their ass. Like literally, like he was he was vocally progressive and, and leftist and like care deeply about friendship and others the idea in Yu-Gi-Oh that that kings even divine kings as Atem literally is who has the power of gods on the side are not infallible um is like a core part of like telling him to stay out and to have his main character be that character who's have having to face sort of the failings of the system that has put him in power is like really interesting. Um, and Thief King Bakura did nothing wrong. That's my thesis. Nothing. He did nothing wrong. He didn't. They deserve to die. <laughs> hey, yo. I. <laughs> he deserved to die. I'd kill, I'd kill anyone who melted my family into gold, too. Fuck. Facts. Spitting facts out here. I'm grabbing. I finally found the, the video I was looking for. Oh, yeah. There it is. Oh, that's just cool. Um, oh, 
thank you again for coming on to my show. <laughs> thank you so much. My mouth is so dry right now. Oh, I completely understand. I ran out of Coca-Cola like 45 minutes ago, but that's okay. I have more. Let's see. Where can um where can people find you on the internet? Um, you can find me on Tumblr, Twitter, and I guess co-host, although I haven't used it yet. Um at Optimum on Prime. Hell yeah. Um and um and also on my podcasts. Yes. And what are the handles for your podcasts? Oh yeah. Uh you can find Pot of Greed at Pot of Greedcast on Twitter and Tumblr and co-host slash Pot of Greed. And you can find Prime Cuts at Twitter at Prime Cuts Pod. Hell yeah. Um you can find me on the internet at I appreciate your butt at the twitter.com where I do not shut the fuck up ever unless I'm actively you know what actually no I know I don't shut up. Um you can also find me with that handle on Tumblr but they're spelled differently. So Twitter is I-A-P-P-R-E-C-I, the number eight U-R-B-U-T-T. Tumblr is just spelled normal. I appreciate your Y-O-U-R-B-U-T-T. <laughs> I've had that Tumblr since I was in middle school. I've had it forever. I got mine in college, but I think I'm a good few years older than you. <laughs> so I'm 26 now. So yeah, yeah, I had that thing for like maybe 13 years, 12, 13 years, maybe. How old is a middle schooler? I don't know. But um, and then you can also find this podcast at the Hyperfix pod on Twitter and Tumblr. I have not touched co-host. I do not understand how it works. Eventually, maybe. I, I guess I'm just waiting for one Twitter to die and two to figure out where we all go to. <laughs> yeah, it's like the heat death of Twitter at this point. It's like a million cuts. Mm -hmm. Death by a thousand cuts. Um, I think that's it. I think that's all the plugs I needed to do. Oh, no, there is more. Moonshot said I could do another season. This is the other season. And you can find the Moonshot Network at Moonshot Pods on. Oh, shoot. I can I always get their Twitch and the Twitter confused, but it's like Moonshot Network and Moonshot Pods for one or the other. Let me. Well, I'm on. I'm on Twitter right now. Let me look. Thank you. Um, Moonshot Pods on Twitter. Okay, Moonshot Pods on Twitter. Moonshot Network on Twitch. And uh, our intro and outro music is thanks to Offuscate. That is O F U S K A T E. Um, and they're on Instagram, Twitter, and SoundCloud. And so, if you have podcast music you need, uh, that's ADHD themed, they can do it. They literally like. I was like, hey, can you make me podcast music? They said, well, I have these like minute and a half clips. Do any of these make you happy? I'm like, all of them do. All of these are amazing. What do you mean? <laughs> um, and I think that's it. I think that's that's it of all the things I have to say for at the end of this podcast. I'm s I really should write this down because at the end of every podcast, my brain's all fried in a good way because now i'm like chock full of like new information that i get to die it's like when you eat and you're like oh i'm sleepy now yeah the itis the itis the info itis the, the hyper hyperfix itis <laughs> there we go oh but uh i think that's it this is thank you again for being on my show thank you listeners yeah. for listening i hope everyone be safe and don't die and um, 
it's time to duel? Question mark. And end my turn. I put this podcast face down and end my turn. You know, Frosty the Snowman, it's truly the most quintessential Christmas song. It introduces a beloved figure who invites the children to come to him, gets into an altercation with state authorities. Right, the hollering stop. And then he dies, but promises to be back again one day. Frosty is a Christ figure. Hi, I'm Juliet. And I'm Catherine. And we're I'll Be Pod for Christmas. A seasonal podcast where we overanalyze Christmas pop songs and movies. And put them into conversation with some unlikely pieces of literature. Don't be a Grinch! Join us on I'll Be Pod for Christmas on the Moonshot Podcast Network. <laughs> <laughs>